Well, hello there, friends, and welcome to the New Testament in a Year podcast. I'm Sean Bailey, and I'm happy to read this scripture and unpack what the Lord has for us to the New Testament. See, through the New Testament, we journey through the narrative of the life, the teachings, and the mission of Jesus Christ and the ministry of his disciples in ultimately promoting the movement of the early church. We're reading one testament or one chapter of the New Testament every weekday of the year. 260 chapters in 260 weekdays. Perfect for us to read the New Testament and unpack it. I'll be reading from the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible translation. You're welcome to read along in that or whatever translation that you feel like speaks clearly to you. I like the CSB because it's it was released in 2017 and it's a fresh translation of God's word that is both very faithful to the words of God and is very user friendly to modern readers. So, we're going to begin our reading in Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. So, grab your Bible if you can and listen closely if you will. Let's read God's Word together. Now, before we begin with our reading, it's important to have the review of the previous chapter. We were in chapter 15, and that was that Jerusalem Council where they addressed the question of whether Gentile believers needed to follow the Jewish Jewish customs particularly circumcision, to be saved. Ultimately, they reached a consensus, the apostles and elders did, that salvation comes through faith in Jesus Christ alone, not through following any law and adherence to the law of Moses. And this, that decision brought clarity and unity to the growing Christian church and it emphasized the importance of grace over legalism. A powerful understanding for us in our life. And so now let's turn our attention to chapter 16. And we're going to see how the gospel continues to spread despite various challenges and opposition that they're facing. So um, let's let's preview some big look fors. So three big things we want to look for as we read chapter 16. First, let's look for God's guidance and God's sovereignty. Notice as we read this how God redirects Paul's missionary journey. Sometimes he'll close doors and other times he'll open them. I like how that can remind us when God is in control of our lives. He shuts doors that we think we want to walk through and he opens one that we never expect. I like that. I like that. And spiritual warfare is another thing we're going to see as they go to Philippi. They're going to encounter a slave girl that's possessed by a spirit of telling the future and fortune telling. Um, And we're going to see spiritual warfare and be reminded that it's a real thing. There's going to be opposition of spiritual forces in our lives when we proclaim the gospel. Paul's response to that demonic possession that we saw there demonstrates that There is authority that believers have. You and I, we have this authority in Jesus Christ. We can rely 
and should rely on the power of prayer and the name of Jesus in our spiritual battles. Watch how Paul used that. And that's a perfect example for us to see. And then the final thing I want us to look for is the power of of prayer and praise. Power of prayer and praise. Paul and Silas respond. They're they're thrown in prison, and you're going to see that. And they respond to it by praying and singing hymns to God. Watch what happens with their uh, response. Prayer and praise and the power that comes from that. Check that amazing thing that will happen out in how even the jailer is converted in that. I love this. So so let's read. I'm giving too much away. I don't need to let God's word do the talking. So here we go. Acts chapter 16. Let's read starting in verse 1. And chapter 16 has 40 verses. Let's read all 40 of those together. Here we go. Starting in verse 1. Paul went on to Derby and Lystra, where there were was a disciple named Timothy, the son of a believing Jewish woman, but his father was a Greek. The brothers and sisters at Lystra and Iconium spoke highly of him. Paul wanted Timothy to go with him, so he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, since they all knew that his father was a Greek. I want to pause right there. If you've been following last chapter, we just found out circumcision was not necessary. However, Paul circumcises Timothy. It's important that we see that this is not a contradicting of his belief or the findings of the council that we just saw. But we need to know that Paul didn't do this for Timothy's salvation or his right standing with God. But it was so that Timothy's status as a non-circumcised man from a Jewish mother would not get in the way of their work among the Jews in the synagogues. They knew that they would not be accepted knowing his background and him not following that tradition of being a Jew and being circumcised. And so it was for the uh, sharing the gospel, ultimately, that nothing would prevent them to reaching those people. Sold out commitment right there, right? So let's get back into the scripture. Um, So going into verse four, as they traveled through the towns, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem for the people to observe. So the churches were strengthened in faith and grew daily in numbers. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. They had been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they came to Mysia, they tried to get to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Door was shut. Passing to Mysia, they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision in which a Macedonian man was standing and pleading with him. And in that vision, that man said, Cross over to Macedonia and help us. Well, after he'd seen that vision, we immediately made efforts to set out for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, the next day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, a Roman colony and a leading city of the district of Macedonia. We stayed in that city for several days. 
On the Sabbath day, we went outside the city gate by the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and spoke to the women that were gathered there. A God-fearing woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, was listening. The Lord opened her heart and responded to what Paul was saying. After she and her household were baptized, she urged us, If you considered me a believer in the Lord, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Verse 16. Once, as we were on our way to prayer, a slave girl met us who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. And she made a large profit for her owners by fortune telling. As she followed Paul and us, she cried out, These men who are proclaiming to you a way of salvation are the servants of the Most High God. She did this for many days. And Paul was greatly annoyed. Turning to the spirit, he said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out right away. When her owners realized that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. Bringing them before the chief magistrates, they said, These men are seriously disturbing our city. They are Jews and are promoting customs that are not legal for us as Romans to adopt or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against them. And the chief magistrates stripped off their clothes and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had severely flogged them, they threw them in jail, ordering that the jailer guard them carefully. Receiving such an order, he put them into the inner prison and secured their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and they were singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains came loose. When the jailer woke up and saw the doors of the prison standing open, he drew his sword and was going to kill himself, since he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul called out with a loud voice, don't harm yourself, because we're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. He escorted them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of life of the Lord to him, along with everyone in his house. He took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. Right away, he and all his family were baptized. He brought them into the house, set a meal before them, and rejoiced because he had come to believe in God with his entire household. Verse 35. When daylight came, the chief magistrate sent the police to say, Release those men. Well, the jailer reported these words to Paul. He said, The magistrates have sent orders for you to be released, so come out now and go in peace. 
But Paul said to them, They beat us in public without a trial, although we are Roman citizens, and threw us in jail. And now they're going to send us away secretly? Certainly not. On the contrary, let them come themselves and escort us out. The police reported these words to the magistrates. They were afraid when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So they came to appease them, and escorting them from prison, they urged them to leave town. After leaving the jail, they came to Lydia's house, where they saw and encouraged the brothers and sisters, and departed. That is the end of chapter 16 of Acts. Let's take a few moments to unpack all that we read and better understand what God would have for us in our reading today. All right. I know you saw through that God's great sovereignty. He opened closed doors for Paul's missionary journey. At the beginning, Paul was trying to go to these places, saw these visions and said, I go this place and said, you know, we saw all that, that happening in the beginning. And ultimately, we saw with Lydia, this amazing woman that came and gave her heart to the Lord and brought them in that God illustrates his sovereignty in opening hearts of people to receive the gospel. Not only does he open doors and tell you one place to go and another, he's the opening He's the door opener of our hearts, right? He has to have that working in our heart for our hearts to be prepared and be saved. It teaches us ultimately to be attentive to God's work, even in the most unexpected places and among the most unexpected people. God will move. God will move. Doors are opened by him, not by our own our own experience and expectations. God will move. And that spiritual warfare that we saw, that slave girl that was possessed, she was a fortune teller and, and the, the leaders in that community were making money off of her. They threw them in jail because they were so mad at them, right? Paul and Silas were persecuted for ultimately proclaiming the gospel we got to remember that proclaiming the gospel isn't always easy and it isn't always wonderful and it's going to come with opposition and sometimes oftentimes persecution yet even in the middle of suffering God's presence and his power will be evident you will be blessed he will be glorified share the good news of Jesus Christ even when it's awkward, even when it's uncomfortable, even when you think that door never could be open. There's a spiritual battle going on and God makes that decision. Use the mighty name of Jesus to pray over, share the good news with all those that we love and that we've been putting in the circle of our life with. It's a great reminder of that. We've got to be willing to share the word of Jesus with everyone, regardless of what persecution, what we and the, our world today, our greatest fear of persecution that we face isn't often physical persecution. It's that reputation. It's that feeling of not being accepted. It's that ultimately fear of man instead of fear of God. And I, I love finally that 
power of prayer and praise if we can cultivate that lifestyle. And there's that word again I like to use, and it's used throughout the scripture. We've got to cultivate. We've got to work on it. We've got to make sure the soil is ripe and the nutrients are there and the nourishment is being given. Cultivate that lifestyle of prayer and praise. The chains were broken. The doors were busted open because of prayer and praise, having the um, boldness to live out their faith even in the face of adversity. Paul and Silas were a great example. If we can be bold and live out our faith, look at the chains that can be broken and the walls that can be knocked down. Mercy, mercy, regardless of your circumstances, live a life of praise. They prayed and they sang hymns in prison. May your heart be continually uh, synced in with worship and knowing that God hears and responds to the cries of his children. God hears you. Continue. Praise him in the face of your trials, in the face of persecution. Lift him up. Power of prayer and praise. Great stuff in this chapter. I want to keep going. We're already 17 minutes in. I'm way over my time frame. Got carried away. I hope you stuck with me the entire time. I'm looking forward to keep going into Acts chapter 17 in our next episode. Thanks for joining me today. May you be blessed. May your family be blessed. And as ultimately, may you be a blessing to all those around you. Share Jesus boldly today. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the New Testament in a Year podcast, where we simply read the Word of God and we try to unpack it so we can find application in our lives, knowing that there is nothing more powerful than God's Word. You see, Scripture is the only source that teaches us who God is and what God wants of us. My encouragement is that the Word of God will bless you and ultimately bless your friends and family. I'll encourage you to share this podcast with your friends, share it on your social media or by word of mouth. Join in. Let's read the word of God together. And through this, may God be glorified through our reading, listening, application, and understanding of his word together.